0: Hey, Raise to Empower listeners. As a warning, this episode discusses pregnancy and challenges of the first trimester. Please take care while listening. You're listening to the Raise to Empower podcast i'm your host ashley comagies a licensed clinical social worker with a multi-state online therapy practice i have a passion for empowering women and mom therapists to break free of the fear overwhelm and oppressive systems that hold them back from taking action and building the private practice of their dreams my goal is for you to boldly believe in yourself as a clinician and business owner if you're looking for a place to learn practice building strategy and skill While also claiming your own power as a woman and a therapist, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the show. Hey, listeners. Welcome to this week's episode of the Raise to Empower podcast. So this week I'm gonna be getting a bit personal and pulling the curtain back on what's been going on in my personal life and in private practice recently. So, to help bring context to this episode. Um, I'm excited to announce that I'm pregnant. Um, this is my third pregnancy and this will be the third time that I've been in private practice during pregnancy and will be my third maternity leave in private practice. Now maternity leave in private practice is something that I have seen a lot of therapists ask about and have questions about, you know, how does this work? Can I actually do that? what do I plan for? How do I tell clients? Lots of questions. I'm actually going to be doing a free workshop in July about preparing for maternity leave and private practice. More details will come, but you can join the waitlist for that training by just going to raisetoempower.com forward slash maternity leave. And we'll have the link to that in the show notes. In preparation for that free workshop, um, I'm going to actually be doing a special series in June where I'm going to be speaking with women who have had different experiences in their journeys to motherhood and how they've navigated maternity leave in private practices with their own experiences. So if that's something that's kind of on your radar, stay tuned for that um, and for those episodes to come. Today, I wanted to kind of share about my own personal experience about how I've been navigating the challenges of first trimester while still being in practice. And I think one of the things that's important to remember is that each person's experience through pregnancy is different from somebody else's. So while this may be how I have felt during my pregnancy or what my experience has been, yours may be different. So just know that, that if you're listening and you're like, this is not what it's felt like for me, or maybe I should do that, or I shouldn't do this, That's not what this episode is about. One of the questions that I have seen a lot from women who are in private practice is how do you deal with the first trimester and practice? Because it can be rough for a lot of women. So again, I just want to kind of share my experience and how I have navigated this, not only in this pregnancy but in my other two as well, because each of them, I have felt a little bit different in them and has kind of contributed to how I have handled communicating with clients about my needs and even in disclosing my pregnancy. For me, typically the first trimester will be a series of the following. It's just like utter complete exhaustion where I have zero energy I just want to sleep all the time. And then I also just have this constant feel of nausea that just does not go away. I don't really throw up in my pregnancies. This one I have like gagged to the point that I have vomited a few times, but it's not like I know a lot of other women who have suffered where they're just like living by the toilet bowl. I find I gag and I dry heave a lot, especially like if I'm brushing my teeth, that just makes it even more awful when you just feel sick all the time. One of the things I tell people is when I've been in the first trimester, it's like, I just want to go to sleep all the time. Not only because I'm exhausted, because when I'm asleep is literally the only time that I don't feel bad. And it made it hard getting out of the bed in the morning to get my kids ready for school and daycare because- I would just lay in bed for as long as I possibly could. So I didn't have to get out because I knew as soon as I got out, I would start gagging and just not feel good. One of the other things that I oftentimes will get in the first trimester, and actually it lasts for me throughout my pregnancy, is I get migraines. My migraines are hormonal, and I have had them since I was an adolescent, I think when I first got my period. And when I get my migraines, I will get an aura with them. So I I can't see very well. And it's usually like a warning for me of, hey, it's coming. And so if I start to get this aura, I know, okay, the pain is coming. And it's not really any kind of rhyme or reason when it's going to happen, but it will just kind of come on. And then I feel awful for the rest of the day. And because I'm pregnant, I can't really take much for them except for some Tylenol. There's another medication the doctor has prescribed that doesn't really treat the migraine, but it's just one of these things you just kind of have to suffer through, or at least I have had to suffer through with pregnancy. And then one of the other things for me that happens definitely in the first trimester is this desire to retreat inward. It's the only way that I really know how to describe it. And this has actually happened in all of my pregnancies. I just find like, I don't really wanna talk to anybody. I don't wanna talk about my pregnancy. I wanna just kind of be alone. I don't know if it's because like, I'm feeling more vulnerable cause my body's just starting to do weird things. But it's this retreat, this pull away from anybody and everyone. And like I said, this happened in my first pregnancy, even more so than I think it has in other pregnancies, probably because it was my first. It's something that definitely impacts me in my business and in my personal life. And again, like I said before, like the first trimester for me, I can barely do anything besides sleep and lay on the couch. If I was not seeing a client, <laughs> I was on the couch. And interestingly for me this pregnancy, it was like I walked from week 5 into week 6 and was just hit by the train of morning sickness. And for me, it lasts pretty much all day. It's not like a morning thing. It'll be really bad in the morning. We'll get a little bit better at lunchtime and then hits me pretty, pretty hard around dinnertime too. It was literally like I was fine one day and the next I wasn't. I was actually really surprised that I was feeling as awful as I was as early as I was this pregnancy because I feel like with my last pregnancy, I remember it being maybe closer to like seven or eight weeks and in my first pregnancy, I think about the same. So I was really surprised that even in week five, I was not feeling great. And week six was just like, like I said, a truck hit me from weeks six to eight was probably the roughest for me. And I had multiple days during that time that I had to cancel my whole day of clients. There's some days that I would cancel all of my appointments that I had scheduled before lunch. So if I woke up in the morning, I would be getting my kids ready for school. And I could usually tell like, okay, is this going to be a day or at least a morning that I'm feeling okay. And I can navigate by drinking the things that usually help calm my stomach or eating the things that help calm it. And if it got to a certain time and it was not subsiding, I usually knew, okay, no, this is just kind of going down here. And I would usually kind of see how I was feeling by lunchtime. And and if I was feeling like I could have a session or two, then I would continue on keeping my afternoon schedule as it was originally planned with my clients. But if I hit that afternoon after lunch and I was not feeling well, then I would have to cancel afternoon sessions too. There were some days where I was fine for the morning and then lunchtime just went downhill. And I mean, there was even a couple sessions I remember right before the session was supposed to start. And I just I couldn't even keep my eyes open. I was so exhausted. And I had to just cancel that appointment. It's not like I'm able to really do it days in advance because I don't really know how I'm feeling. It really for me has been a moment by moment thing. And I know one of the things that a lot of times people ask is like, how do you talk to clients about this? What do you tell them if you need to cancel? And at this point, I hadn't disclosed my pregnancy to my clients. So what I usually would do is send an email with a subject line of need to cancel for today. And then just a brief message, usually saying something like, I'm so sorry that I have to do this last minute, but I'm suddenly not feeling well. And I need to cancel your session for today. I'll follow up with you. If I have any openings later in the week, thank you so much for your flexibility and understanding. I have never in the three times that I've been pregnant in private practice ever had a client say something to me. Like, I can't believe you canceled last minute. Or how could you do this to me? Or I'm upset at you for doing this. Every time it's usually, I hope you feel better. I'll see you next week. Um, I've never had a client be upset with me about having to cancel. And I haven't disclosed to them in those emails, hey, this is because I'm pregnant. And sometimes this message was sent a couple hours before someone was scheduled for their session. Sometimes it was sent literally like five to 10 minutes before the session, depending on how the wave of sickness or exhaustion hit me. So for me, the first 14 weeks of this pregnancy, this particular one has been really rough. This is probably the sickest I've been in any of my pregnancies, during this first trimester, if I wasn't in session or picking up kids from school or having to do the most basic things to just keep my kids alive, I was curled up on the couch in the fetal position, just trying to sleep and not vomit. When it came to work and my practice, anything that was not client facing totally got put on the back burner. I can't even tell you how behind I am on notes I am playing catch up and I would like to be able to tell you the next time I update you on pregnancy that they're all done. It's been really, really rough for me. Again, I think part of it is that kind of going inward and not even being able to process or examine or do anything really outside of just trying to keep myself from throwing up. Finally, in the last few weeks, you know, I've actually been able to respond to emails and to some referrals, but it's been really rough. It's been hard. And I just have not had the mental or emotional space or physical space from really anybody outside of my immediate household. And even with that, it's been hard because I have had to create some space between me and my two little kids, not because I don't want to be around, but because I literally just have either no energy or I feel like I'm going to be so sick. So it's been hard, you know, it's been rough in our household for this first trimester. We've all been told we need to network in our private practice, but no one actually tells us how to do it or what to say. Enter comprehensive connecting, effective scripts that expand your networking community and actually fill your online practice. This free guide will give you effective scripts to connect with fellow clinicians, medical professionals, and community stakeholders to build strong networking relationships that will help fill your practice. In this guide, you will get tips and tricks for building relationships that will lead to referrals in your practice, real life examples of messages used to connect with referral sources, and customizable plug and send scripts for your specific practice needs. So download your free scripts guide today by going to bit.ly forward slash comp connecting. What I definitely learned after my first pregnancy was, you know, I have to just lower my expectation for myself and just do the bare minimum until I'm able to get out of the first trimester. For me, the first trimester is just survival mode. I think that this is my third pregnancy. I did kind of know a little bit more what to expect and I knew how to prepare myself for that. And I'm so grateful that for me, morning sickness does not last beyond the first trimester. I know for a lot of women and maybe for many of you listening, that's not the case. And it lasts a lot longer than that. And I am so sorry if that is your experience because it's rough not feeling good again, for myself, just being able to give myself permission in that first trimester of, I just have to do the bare minimum. I just have to get through fill in the blank. And that is a big part of what has helped me to cope during such a rough time in pregnancy while also being a business owner and a mom and a wife. And so one of the common things that I see a lot of Therapists question when they are pregnant and experiencing morning sickness in pregnancy is kind of how do I talk to clients about this or what do I do if I throw up in a session or how are you able to still have sessions while feeling so sick and I think one of the things that we really have to remember regardless of pregnancy or not we are not good at putting our needs as a priority before clients. A lot of times we put that client's need before ours in pregnancy. And especially in that first trimester, when you're not feeling good, it's really important. Make sure that you have the mental, physical, and emotional space to hold space for your client. If I feel like I am just trying to hold everything in and just keep it together from throwing up all over the place, Or if I can't actually see my clients on screen because I'm having an aura at the onset of a migraine, I'm not actually able to be fully present for my client and to listen to what they're sharing and be able to hold space for them. I'm totally focused on just keeping myself together well, and maybe not totally focused, right? Like maybe I can split my time or split my mind in some ways, right? Of like, okay, just keep it together. But also I've got to listen to what my client's saying. But if I'm really honest with myself, those days when I am not feeling well, I'm not being the best therapist that I can for those clients. I feel like I'm doing them a disservice by trying to hold a session for them when I'm not able to actually be the person that they probably need me to be in that moment. It's not actually modeling good self-care either. And it's just something that we you really need to consider of, am I actually going to be able to be the best therapist that I can right now if I am not feeling well? Now, I'm not saying that you have to feel a hundred percent perfect. That's kind of impossible at most times, even if you're not pregnant, But I want to encourage you to listen to your body and trust where you feel like your body is just telling you not today, right? Today is not the day that we're going to be able to do anything outside of laying down and maybe having a trash can nearby. If you are not feeling well, it is okay to put your needs first. Cancel the appointment if you need to. Cut your schedule back if that's what your body is telling you to do for now. It doesn't mean that it has to be like that. It could get better in the second trimester for you, but you need to just honor where your body is right here and right now and that it is okay to put that before the needs of holding a session for clients. One of the other common discussions that I often see come up with therapists during pregnancy is when do I tell my clients, especially if I'm feeling so sick, do I tell them now? Because how else do I explain the vomiting in session or having to end a session early because I am sick? And I'm going to be honest, there's not a right or wrong answer to this. This is really going to have to be a personal decision, one that you have to decide when does it feel right to tell them. Do I feel like I need to tell them simply because I'm getting sick, even though I don't really feel like I'm ready to tell them? Or do I actually feel ready to tell them and I want to tell them because it's when I want to, not because when I feel like I'm supposed to tell them. I'm just going to kind of share a little bit of how I've handled those conversations with clients in each of my pregnancies. In my first pregnancy, like I shared earlier, I experienced this kind of deep desire to just turn inward from everyone in my life. I didn't really want to share with anyone about my pregnancy. And I think because honestly, I was just trying to understand and reconciling what was happening to my own body. I didn't really want to hear what others had to say, because that's one of the other things with pregnancy. Like, I don't know why. People just feel like they can tell you, oh, well, this is what you're supposed to do or what you're not supposed to do, or this is what it was for me. And this is how you do it. It's kind of said in a factual way versus like, actually, you no, know, how are you feeling? Do you need something? So for me, it was just this like deep, deep, deep inward turn of, I didn't really want to open up about my pregnancy with really anyone. Honestly, I don't remember morning sickness being as bad for me in my first pregnancy I don't have a lot of memories of having to cancel many appointments. I know I would oftentimes have snacks nearby. And if I could just keep food in my body, I was able to keep it together. So for me, the morning sickness was not nearly as intense. It would just be like I was having aversion to foods. Nothing really sounded appetizing unless it was a greasy cheeseburger and French fries. And I was trying to remember as I was preparing for this episode, when I told clients, with that first pregnancy. And I feel like it was maybe around like 14 to 16 weeks. And honestly, I think a big reason why I told them then wasn't necessarily because it was like, oh, I'm ready to share this, but I just, I couldn't really hide it anymore. At that time, I was only doing in-person sessions. So it was pretty obvious to clients that things were changing. I think it was probably about that time that I was sharing with clients and I don't think I fully knew at that point what my plans were for maternity leave, but I was just kind of sharing like, Hey, this is happening. And this is when I'm due for my second pregnancy. I don't really feel like I, again, I'm trying to recall all of this, but I don't think I had the deep inward pull in quite the same intensity that I have had in other pregnancies. Um, I didn't quite feel a need to pull away from everyone and keep my pregnancy from everyone, partly because my second pregnancy, when I found out I was pregnant, it was actually one month before COVID shut down our state. So it wasn't like I was around a lot of people to begin with. I was already so isolated from everyone. And I was already completely online with my practice prior to COVID. So at that point, I was able to keep the pregnancy from clients visually a bit easier than if I was in person, even though I was able to hide it more and I didn't quite feel the need to just kind of keep it from everyone. I was a lot sicker of that pregnancy than I was with my first and I know I had sessions that I had to cancel because I felt nauseous, but I also had a lot of migraines at pregnancy more than I had in my first and more than I've had with this one so far. But if I remember accurately, it was usually just like one to two sessions I was having to cancel during that second pregnancy. It was not nearly the chunks and days that I've had to do with this one. And I don't think that I shared with clients that I was pregnant until I was actually close to 20 weeks. And, and as I've thought back, I don't think that there was any kind of particular reason why I waited. I think it may have just been, I was just more comfortable with where the pregnancy was. and And honestly, like where the world was, because so much was crazy at that time. And no one could tell that I was pregnant because we were online. So I just waited until then for whatever reason, that's what felt good for me at that time. And now for this pregnancy, like I mentioned before, at six weeks, I was just hit by a truck of morning sickness and it just did not stop. At the time that I'm recording this episode, I'm 16 weeks and I still have not shared with my clients yet. When this episode comes out, I will have already had a conversation with my clients and I plan to tell them. So I'll be about 17 weeks because I have felt so sick. I've had to adjust my schedule a lot during this pregnancy. And I had actually gone back and forth about disclosing to clients a lot earlier in this pregnancy than I have in others because my schedules had to be adjusted so much, but several factors have held me back from disclosing until now. I honestly had thought about sharing with clients just in the last week or two, but I just hadn't mentally prepared myself for that conversation. So that's honestly the only reason why I have not in the last two weeks. But there were several factors that kept me from making a choice to share with clients until this coming week. I'm 37 years old this pregnancy. If you are familiar with what they call a geriatric pregnancy or advanced maternal age if you are 35 and over when you're pregnant you get that title advanced maternal age and it's partly just that there's some chances of complications or risks due to age because of some scheduling stuff and and a variety of things i actually wasn't able to have a doctor's appointment to confirm that i was pregnant until i was i think like 11 or 12 weeks this pregnancy like it was pretty pretty far along and because I'm older in this pregnancy, there are certain risks. And I just wanted to have some kind of confirmation about the viability of this pregnancy before disclosing to my clients. I wanted to have time to process what this pregnancy could look like if there were some complications before having that conversation. In full disclosure, the reality of Roe v. Wade being overturned and living in a state with legislation that's attempting to become law that would limit the options a woman has to care for herself and make choices that impact herself and her unborn baby really has played into the decision to hold off telling clients. Not that I was having any thoughts of terminating my pregnancy. But for me, I just wanted to have some kind of confirmation from the doctor that everything was healthy. I didn't even really feel comfortable telling my friends and family that I was pregnant because I just wanted to have time to process for myself and my husband if Tess came back saying that this pregnancy wasn't viable and how I was gonna handle that. And so what I think is so important is that the decision of when to disclose to clients that you're expecting a baby, that it is your own decision. It's not a bad thing to get some advice from others who have done that before, but there's not any kind of hard and fast rule of when and how you have to do that. If you want to share right away, as soon as you take a test, there's nothing wrong with that. If you also want to wait until a few months before you deliver that is your choice too. Just know that there is not a right or wrong way to do this, but there are some things to help you in thinking about that decision. In the preparing for maternity leave and private practice workshop, we will look at different things to consider when disclosing to different types of clients even some scripts to use to help you feel comfortable as well as to help you decide when you want to share and helping your clients to process the news and have time to help figure out their needs while you're on leave. So if you want to learn more and join us for this free workshop, you can go to raise to empower.com forward slash maternity leave. In this episode, I was sharing what it's been like to navigate private practice in the first trimester and how it's impacted me and impacted my business. I do plan to do an episode about the second trimester and then also the third as I get into those and just kind of share the challenges of managing my private practice during those times in pregnancy because they each are different in, in different ways and they each have their own challenges and highs and lows. So be looking for those as we approach October when this baby is due. Thank you so much for joining me here today. I hope this was helpful. If you are in the process of navigating that first trimester, if you are trying to conceive and wondering how this will work and what this would look like. Um, I'd love to hear from you. How have you navigated this time in pregnancy and working in private practice? You can leave a comment on the episode. You can send me a message through Facebook or Instagram, but I'd love to hear how this has been for you in your journey. I hope you'll be here again next week for a new episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Raise to Empower podcast. Check the show notes for all links and resources mentioned in the show. If you found today's episode helpful or inspiring, be sure to share it with your therapist friends and don't forget to subscribe to the show and leave your five-star rating and review. It truly means so much to me and will help us get our message of empowerment out to other women and mom clinicians. And I'd love to connect with you in our Facebook community. So check out the show notes for the link or head to bit.ly forward slash raise to empower, to join us. I'll see you back here next week.